What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Circle of Slime. It's me, your boy, Skinny. I'm joined by Jazzy J and the one and only Ozzy Fresh. What's happening, my boys? It's Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> there we go. It's Wednesday, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Wednesday. Uh, we got a full show for you today. We got some Tom Brady talk, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we're going to give some AFC, NFC predictions. We got a little bit about the New York Knicks going on. John Gruden finally makes a public appearance. And uh, could Lamar Jackson be a Miami Dolphin? Uh, it's going to get real interesting today. Uh, we're so excited. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, if you haven't already and you're watching us on YouTube, smash that subscribe button. We appreciate all the views, but we'll appreciate if you hit that like button even more. Check us out on Anchor, Spotify, wherever you catch your, your podcast at, we're on it. So uh, let's get right to it, boys. Tom Brady, we're going to kick the show off with the GOAT. He was ranked number one in the NFL Top 100 for a fourth time in his career. Um, Jason, man, this guy's the GOAT. What is your what is your take on Tom Brady being voted number one amongst his peers? I agree with it. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Until we don't see it, then that that's the case. Every year, year after year, constantly this guy's getting barraged with like he's he's got no arm strength. He's too old. The dink and dunk doesn't work. Everything we've thrown at this guy, he's like Teflon Tom, man. He just bounces it all off. So I Tom Brady's the GOAT. I have no problem with that. I totally agree with the players. You know, until I don't see it with my own eyes, that guy's forever gonna be the GOAT. As much as I hate saying it, he's the GOAT, man. Yeah, I, I think it's so true. And what blows my mind is that um he's 45 years old, bro. The guy led the league in passing yards last year, led the league in touchdowns thrown. Somehow they gave the MVP award to Aaron Rodgers, which um granted he had a great year, but holy smokes, what Tom Brady did, I believe that was deserving of another MVP caliber year at 45 years old. Slime Pino. Yes. It's like Pinot Noir, man. That guy just gets Brady. better as it comes goes. <laughs> What's your take, Slime? Can we get over it already? Like, <laughs> come on. Like, the guy's, okay, granted, he's 45 years old. He's playing top five QB levels in the NFL, sure. But there's no chance in hell you're going to tell me that Tom Brady is more talented than Josh Allen at the moment or more talented than Aaron Donald at the moment or more talented than Tyreek Hill at the moment even like there's no chance I know it's a respect factor and granted he's the GOAT he is the greatest he's still doing miraculous things at the age of 45 like you said which is awesome but to be considered the number one best player in the NFL I don't think so bro I don't think so I'm sorry I have to disagree with you wholeheartedly, 100%. I feel like you couldn't be any more wrong. I think Tom Brady is still the best player in the NFL. You mentioned Josh Allen. Did Josh Allen have more passing yards than Tom Brady? No. Did he have more passing touchdowns than Tom Brady? No. I mean, look where he led. Did he him. make it further in the playoffs than Tom Brady? Yes. Did he really? I think yeah. they got to the same level. Well, uh, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> They both, they both made it to the divisional round. Um, I, I, I still think Tom Brady. If I had to, if you had to choose today, you got one drive. You're gonna take Josh Allen over Tom Brady? No, but I'll take Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady. No fucking way, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes is a tryhard. Uh, when times get really fucking tough, 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 he's gonna be so fucking extra. He's gonna rely on the power of his arm to just try and do something incredible. No, Tom Brady is gonna be meticulous. Okay, shout out to the Buffalo Bills who got beat on a five-yard drop by Tyreek by uh, Travis Kelsey down the field to lose the game because Patrick Mahomes didn't sling it a hundred yards down the field because he was, you know, trying hard. So I don't believe you there. And okay, but if you so you what you're saying is that you'll take. Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady for one drive right now yeah for the whole season too hell yeah let's do it every drive all year long I'm, I'm sorry bro I, I understand his greatness but dude no way like no chance I would rather you can't you can't tell me that at this stage in the NFL granted the dude knows his game he is the greatest for a reason so he knows how to play to his strengths but you can't tell me that he's the most talented quarterback in the NFL. He is just not that. He is not the number one player in the NFL. He plays to his strengths, which he wins games for. But clearly, you know, for this year, at least or even for last year, he wasn't in the Super Bowl. He didn't make it that far. You know, like it's, it's so I don't understand. 
like I get it. I get why he's number one. I respect that he's number one. I understand it. But your question was, who would I rather choose? Who do I think he's the best player in the NFL? I just don't believe he is that at age 45. At age 45, I think he's the best player. Whether he's 45, 35, he's putting up the same numbers and even more. And to to credit you for saying something, I agree with you 100%. Tom Brady is not the most talented in the NFL. But guess what? Tom Brady has never been the most talented. He has never been the most accurate. He's never had the strongest arm. He's never been the fastest. He's never been the most athletically gifted. But he's been the fucking best. He beats you before the ball says hike. He beats you pre-game, pre-snap. He's genius. He's surgical. You're right. Tom Brady is not the best player in the best player when it comes to physical gifts and all the tools. But there's other things outside of his athletic gifts that, to me, make him the best player in the NFL. Jason. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with you 100%. I just didn't want us all three to say, yes, Tom Brady is the best player. I wanted to keep it spicy in this motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I'm just trying to get on Ozzy's level right now because that's some shit he's going after. <laughs> uh, another thing that I think is uh, pretty amazing about this is that um, this vote, when they're voted the number one player in the, in the NFL, this isn't like NBA All-Star votes or uh, – Pro Bowl votes where the fans will vote like who is the best player. You know, we've seen uh, uh, Jeremy Lin be like get like the most all star votes ever and things like that. But uh, these votes are casted from your peers. So these guys play in the NFL. They know what it takes to win. A lot of these guys go their whole entire careers to try and get one Super Bowl, maybe even one Super Bowl appearance. Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls. Holy smokes. Jason, you want to stab at this? Yeah, no, he's just getting better. Like we said, there's nothing more to say. I mean, the guy's the GOAT. Look at his career. Look at what he's done over his period of time within the NFL. Like you said constantly, he's never been the most athletic guy on the field. But you know what? He's the guy who touches the ball every single offensive play, and he dictates how that play is going to go. And throughout his career, that dictation that he's done has gotten him seven Super Bowl rings. So, I mean, what argument do you have against that? I, I, I can't hear it unless I get properly into the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I totally hear you. Do me a favor. If you could unplug those iPod headphones, I think they're interfering with your microphone connection. You sound really rough. So if you can just go straight iPhone, it sounds really bad. Um, but yeah, so again, um, I want to ask another question in regards to Tom Brady being voted the best overall player in the NFL. And again, like Slime said, uh, he's not the most athletic. He's not, he's not, I wouldn't say he's not like the best physically gifted player in the NFL, you know what I'm saying? But um, he was voted number one amongst his peers. If the question was presented to the coaches in the NFL, who is the best coach in the NFL? Do you think Bill Belichick would have ranked number one? And we know these two have a connection and they've separated. And I feel like Tom Brady has proven that he is just as good without Belichick and maybe possibly even greater. Do you think Bill Belichick would be voted the number one coach in the NFL? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think the body of work is there. Um, I, you look at the talent. I, a lot of people take that Brady-Belichick thing, and obviously Brady had a huge factor into what the success was with New England, but you cannot discount the defensive brilliance that is Bill Belichick and what he's been able to do with coordinator after coordinator on the defensive side. I think Bill Belichick is a great defensive coach. I think he's just a great coach in general. His ability as a guy who puts together, who puts everything together on, on the field, I think that's a big mistake. And you're uster, uh, underestimating the the uh, the ability of Bill Belichick to take a talent, a group of people, and to get them all on one single page so that everybody can see what the main goal is. And that's a difficult thing to do. And he's been able to do that throughout his career with the New England Patriots. So we can't discount that greatness that is Bill Belichick check all right so uh, we're back here again we've come full circle you're 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 again you're talking about historical greatness that wasn't the quiz the question that was presented to you the, the question that was presented to you was if appears in the nfl all the coaches got together or and the gms and they said who is the best coach in the nfl would they pick bill belichick that time has passed it's over you missed the playoffs last year you look what he's doing with a rookie 
It's, Look at what he's doing with a rookie quarterback. What did he's they do? What the fuck did they do? They haven't went to the playoffs last year. No, bro. They went to they, the playoffs. Bro, they ain't doing shit, bro. They ain't doing shit. If you're trying to talk about who by peers is the best coach in the NFL, you go look at those handsome dudes out west and Sean McVay, bro. That guy is the GOAT coach. You know why? Because he's got huevos, bro. Talk about picking up Mac Jones. Fuck that. Trade everybody away. Let's get Matt Stafford's old ass over here. Let's get Aaron, uh, freaking Von Miller over here. Let's get OBJ. Let's, let's work with these talents who I know can do their thing. And, and obviously they succeeded. So you have these new guys in the game. You have your Shanahan's. We hope our, our Mike McDaniel will hopefully be on this list next year. That'd be pretty tight. Uh, but, but I think just that era of football, like granted, he's still going to probably do great. You know, I don't foresee them being winning our division anymore that's long gone that's another reason why i don't think he's the best if you can't even control your own division anymore how can you be considered the best coach in the league like i don't i don't think that's true i would i would defer my my you know hold on he can't control his division because he lost a key player with within his team why would that matter if he's the best well he had to reshuffle the fact that he's able to reshuffle after losing what we can all agree on is the goat he lost the goat he reshuffled and is still relevant in there with a guy who's only been there a rookie quarterback he still found a way to get into the playoffs I think that you're you're underestimating the brilliance of Bill Belichick, and I don't want to undervalue, as you said, those handsome guys out west, what they've been able to do and the body of work that they've been able to produce. But to just say, you know, if I look, you're you're looking for a CEO because that's what a head coach is. A head coach is a CEO of that organization. So who's the best guy to lead that organization? You're talking about the moves that have been made. Now, the moves, they could be those coaches, but I'm pretty sure they're being done by the general managers in regards to trading for Matt Stafford and getting rid of all, all these picks. I need a guy who's going to be a leader of men for that one year. Who do I want that guy to be? I'm going Belichick, man. I think you both make fair points, but um, if I had to choose today, man, uh, I'm I'm not taking Belichick. I think um, and a lot is going to be shown this year. Um, you mentioned everything that he did last year with the rookie quarterback. I'm going to have to defer and say that a lot of that credit goes to the kid, Josh McDaniels. He runs the offense. And now you're seeing the way the team is looking without Josh McDaniels. Um, did any of you guys happen to catch that interception that Mac Jones threw in the preseason last week? Holy mm-hmm. Smokes, it was worse than Tua's pick against Jacksonville last year. Uh, it was it was pretty fucking bad. Never fails to get that one shot in there, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and you hear all the turmoil that's coming out of New England Bro. struggles offensively and the coordinate. I guess why in the back of my head, I'm just like, there's no chance because you hear how how rough they've been having it in camp and and like how how the offense is just looking out of like that. That's what I'm saying. I I feel like Jason is is like whole whole heartedly like yeah sure his whole career he is the prime example of what coach you'd want you know to take a dynasty to where it needs to be sure but again his question was phrased right now this year if the coaches voted i think obviously the super bowl winning head coach you know with what he's done in his short time in la proves like dude he hasn't been there that long and they're damn near looking like a damn near dynasty out in the west of a team that you're always gonna have to go through you know so I, I, I think this question would be better answered at the end of this season, like you said, because if Bill Belichick is able to produce a winning product and stay relevant at the end of this year with what he's done with the coaching and the coordinator situation, then, I mean, the proof is in the pudding at that point. That guy is just, he's still at the top of the CEO game. I will. I we come. Let's come up with a bet. There's no chance that the the Patriots make the playoffs this year, and I will. I will bet that. I will do. I will let you spit tequila in my butthole if that if they make it to the playoffs. Maybe that's a little aggressive. Something less. less I don't less want crazy. them to make the playoffs. Huh? I don't, I don't want to see it. Well, I think all this greatness talk you're talking about. I just don't think they'll even make it to the playoffs this year. I think the AFC has just gotten too strong, and they just won't do it. And and that's gonna further prove my point that McVay's gonna be there and Belichick's not. And then you're gonna have to do something to reward me for this. Let's make this. Let's make this bet. Vision to get into the playoffs. He can still in. He can still get a wild card. It's not gonna get in. Let's make the bet that he will not make it. All right, there you go. Another knock on Belichick. Historically, he's been terrible at fucking drafting. Um, (laughs) Wide receivers. Um, he really fucking sucks at that. 
And like you said, he's the GM, he's this, he's everything. And um, so if we're going to give him credit for winning, we definitely got to give him um, not credit or whatever the word is. Credit for missing the playoffs because he's not the best coach in the NFL. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, all right, man, uh, we we got to talk in football really quick, man. I'm a little parched. Uh, I'm sure you guys are a little parched. So um, let's have a little fun right now. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the drink of the day. All right. I was waiting. So this week is a special one because we have a dual drink of the day. Hassan himself is joining me here and we are both getting ready to try. Oh, we lost him. But we're getting ready to try the mango cart. Show him, show him, Jay. Jazzy Jay, the mango cart. All right. This is a series inspired by the iconic fruit cart vendors of Los Angeles. This is a mango wheat ale. Um, Let's give it a whirl, yeah? Oh, I didn't hear it. Salud. 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 I'm so jealous, boys. <laughs> Jason, why don't you give us your first thoughts? This is your first your first drink of the day review by J- Jazzy J. Let's hear what it, let's see where you got. Okay, all first rip. That mango is very subtle, but it's there. You can feel it. I would say on a hot beach day, this would be extremely refreshing to throw down maybe Three or four back to back, man. I like it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, to Jason's point, uh, the mango taste is definitely there. And it's funny how it's called like mango cart uh, because essentially it does taste that way. The wheat beer taste is not very overwhelming, but it does taste like you're literally picking into a, a little cold cup of mangoes and and having it like the liquid juice at the end, maybe. Um, it's, it's truly delightful. Definitely a good summer beer. Honestly, an all around good beer, but I can definitely... It sounds weird, but it, but it, this would be like something that is good for all groups of beer drinkers. Like I feel like it's it's not too it's not too hot, not too bitter. You know, it has a good sweet taste, but not too sweet where it's overwhelming and it's like oh I can't drink that. You know, uh, I feel like it has like a happy medium and a and a taste style, and it's not too heavy on the palate. Uh, so shout out to Golden Road Brewing. This one is a banger. If you if you guys don't know about Mango Cart, you can pretty much find it anywhere. That proves its popularity on its own. Uh, so if you guys can get out there and try, you know your Mango Cart, and we will continue to enjoy it during the rest of this episode. And right. oh, shout out to shout out Golden Road for providing the drink of the day. Um, Jason, one last time, um, if you could just exit the room and then come back in with just straight iPhone, because we're still having some issues with your mic. Hopefully that resolves it. But uh, all right, we're going to move forward, man. Uh, I know Jason's going to really want to get in on this one. And uh, I'm going to bring my hate today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Dolphins wrapped the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they really just kicked the shit out of them. And from the jump, from the jump, the team came out strong. Granted, Philly didn't have none of their defensive starters in the game. So um, that definitely speaks a lot of volumes. But uh, what we really wanted to talk about today was that connection from Tyreek and Tua. We finally saw it, Slime. Like, we saw it in training camp. We saw it in the bubble. We saw it on the practice field. But we saw it. I said I wanted to see it on Sundays. I haven't seen it on Sundays yet. But I got to see it on a Saturday. Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) I got to see it on a Saturday. And granted, it was against a lot of the backups. Uh, Philly didn't start anybody. But it happened. And those guys are NFL players. Um, they're in the league. They have a. Uh, they wear the helmet. They, they're they're in the NFL. These are still professionals. The connection was made. Um, give me your take on that. That first drive, really, where we saw two just connecting. And uh, I don't want to say it just yet, but we have a little bit of a take on what happened on that deep ball. But uh, just give me your thoughts on that first drive of two and the Miami Dolphins. My first thought was I knew Tyreek Hill was fast. But holy shit, is he fast? Uh, and I forget that corner's name, but it went viral. He was just like, I've never seen anything of this caliber. Like, I just don't get it. Um, and I, I honestly think maybe two to three people in the league can make that throw in stride. I think maybe Mahomes and Josh Allen and shit, maybe that's it. Maybe Kyler Murray can can swing, sling the ball that far. So I, not to discredit Tua because it was obviously an under an underthrown throw. Uh, but holy shit, like that not many people can make that throw and stride to somebody moving that fucking fast. So I'll give him credit there. What I did, what I did like was everything was constant motion, bro. Things were moving fast. The offensive line was jumping left to right. I'm pretty sure Dern Smythe 
was in motion every single every single snap. He was moving left to right or right to left, which is you see the Phillies defensive line shifting with him. Like, what the hell's going on here? And we're moving so quickly. And two is just so accurate, even from short distance, that it was just unfair for that secondary team to just deal with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, but on the deep ball, it was still completion, even though it was underthrown. I think Tua knew he couldn't make it that far, so he tried to put it in a place where at least there weren't their safety wasn't waiting for it or the DB couldn't catch up to it. So it was literally a spot only Tyreek Hill can grant it can grab it. Granted it was underthrown. So um but all in all, man, that shit was it was an impressive drive. Uh it was super fun to watch this new momentous offense go forward like we've been used to such a stagnant offense the last 10 years and you're just running the ball getting stuck or three and outs over and over again like this was so refreshing to see just a tidbit because you know mcdaniel's not giving it all away right away he's just giving you a little taste and it was fucking fun to watch boys i was so excited will two be able to continue to do it we'll see in week eight you know give him half the season but it's exciting stuff so far bro all right, to catch you up, Jason. Uh, no, just keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. I like it. I love it. <laughs> so if you want me to keep going, I'm going to get you very upset. <laughs> we can mute your mic. Ozzy, keep going. <laughs> but uh, to catch you up, we're just talking about the pretty much the play between Tua and Tyreek and that first offensive drive of the Miami Dolphins this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, give me your take on what you saw from the offense. Um, are you excited? Uh, also, give me your real take on that 55-yard completion to Tua, to Tyreek Hill. Well, like I, I believe uh, we, we spoke about this when the game was happening, and I, and I texted you guys, and I – I, you know, to reiterate what Ozzy said, the, the pass was underthrown. You know, it, it was underthrown. But again, like what Ozzy said, he put it in a spot where only Tyreek Hill could catch it. And that was great. I, I think the prospect of that option being available now, it's so exciting. And then you not only have it with Tyreek Hill but you also have it with Waddle when he gets on the field so I loved what I saw from the offense I I also mentioned to you guys via text that there's levels to the passing game the passing game you you can look at it when you see it there are several guys on different levels that are open there's so much movement there's so much confusion that they're causing pre-snap I love it. It's intricate. I love the way he's using the offense. I, I The running game looks so exciting to me. I can't wait to see this play out in a full game when Tua is going to have that, that play action ability and he's going to be able to just 25 yards, let it go, and then those athletes are going to make the play at the end of it to just make it go end zone, pay dirt, baby. And I'm super excited. I thought that first drive showed a lot. Of potential of what we're going to see this season and like you said you know Tua is so damn accurate that he can hit any one of those levels on a dime and you know it can he stay healthy and can the offensive line continue the blocking that they're doing man it's going to be fun to be a Dolphin fan this year yeah and that touchdown throw sorry before you go that touchdown throw just even more so like you're looking at it from the camera angle that we were looking at and it looked like he was going to the receiver. To first. the underneath guy. Yes. Yeah, to the underneath guy to, to kind of pinch it in. And then out of nowhere, you see this perfectly thrown ball to the Beautiful. Side coming across right behind Beautiful. Him. Like, Where the hell did he come from? Touchdown. Sweet. And it's just like, dude, that was pretty fucking cool. I'm not going to lie. I feel like that's going to be like his strong suit, that 10 to 15, 20-yard range where he they can throw a bunch of receivers in misdirections in different ways, and then he's going to find the place to put it. And he put it just miraculous. Like, it was just beautiful, boom, catch, touchdown, no problems. Like, that's what really had me like, oh, shit. This is yeah, and it doesn't have to be 50-yard bombs every single play, guys. We can matriculate the ball down the field as long as he's not turning it over and we're moving the ball. You know, it sucks to see the stat line say, you know, 40 attempts, 250 yards, you know. But at the end, really what counts is the W. One thing I want to bring up, though, Durham Smythe is looking really good. Durham Smythe is looking that's really I was, good. While you were out, that's who I was talking about. He was constantly in motion throughout the line and just, you know, pushing dudes over. And he's he's making it a strong case for Gusecki not to stay here. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's looking like he's he, that particular tight end position, the way McDaniel wants it to be played. He's looking like he's really capitalizing on that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, shout out to Carlos Rodriguez. What's happening, my brother? Fins up. Carlos. 
it's definitely looking like two a time. Um, but like like I said in the beginning, I just I guess I gotta play devil's advocate. The ball was over uh, uh, underthrown. Um, the safety that was playing, um, yeah, he's in the NFL, but after the fifty three man cuts are made, I doubt he's on that team. <laughs> So um, a lot goes into it, man. Like you said, Slime, not a lot of people could probably make that throw in the league. But um, it's going to be interesting. And uh, if Tua plays within his game, I think he'll be all right. Like um, guys that do make that throw, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Tua's not those guys. He's not. He hasn't been gifted with those athletic abilities. And I believe if he plays within these ga- in his game and we take about four of those shots a game, you know what I'm saying? You got teams like the Chargers that'll do that shit like 10, 15 times. 10, 15 times, yeah. We're not going to be able to do that. No, but we Um, don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. So I think if he plays within his game, I think we'll be all right. Um, Like Slime said, uh, like Jason said, I'm going to reiterate, the offensive line looked good. The Mm -hmm. most and we're all forgetting about the the second completion that Tyree Kill made. Um, that was beautiful as well, and the play action is looking real good. And uh, one thing that I thought was phenomenal, guys, Tyreek ran about 60 yards on that play, made a diving catch, rolled on the floor. This man picked up the ball, spotted the ball, and waved every offensive lineman to come. I mean, the energy <laughs> that he is going to bring this team is just going to be phenomenal. Um, what he's doing, the way he's inspiring the offense is just amazing. Uh, we have a comment here. It goes, that's not devil's advocate. That's devil's accurate. That would have been a touchdown with a regular quarterback. See, this is I, where, this is, yeah, I don't, see, that's where he goes wrong. I, I don't think that's yeah. true. I don't think that's a touchdown with every quarterback. Um, that's a that's a really long pass to make. Um, I don't think Tua can make that pass. Um, Dude, more than two he made the pass. in the league cannot make that pass. He yeah, made, he, he made the pass that he needed to make. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think in – I can't even say that. It was a fucking completion. I want to say that if you got a, a real safety out there, that um he's going to turn around, and it's an underthrow, and that's going to be an interception. That's what I truly want to say. Derwin James takes that shit 20 yards for sure. Derwin James, Micah Fitzpatrick, I could name you a couple more, bro. But um, I We'll see. I think it was more impressive what Tyreek Hill did. Tua made the completion. He, he let it rip. We all want to see him let it rip. But um, like we said, man, when Tua was in the pocket and uh, the ball was just being released, Tyreek Hill was two yards behind the defender. The defender was two yards ahead of him. Um, it's just incredible, the, the speed of this guy. We know, we know that Tua can make that throw because the video went around where he threw it in stride and he caught it and he ran. So there's, there will be opportunities. There will be more opportunities for him to go ahead and do that. Maybe that was just one that he put it where he put it because that was what he saw from that angle. I, I don't know. We, we've seen him overthrow. He's overthrown, Tyreek. The very first camp, Tua overthrew Tyreek Hill. The very first camp. Like, we saw it. We was probably 30 yards of field. There was no way he had this. Tua's not throwing anybody, brother. Nobody. Well, he already did. We already saw him do it. You know he means it. (laughs) We already saw it. We already saw it. Brother, this is amazing. Snap into a slim gym, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see it. Um, I don't think Tua can make that throw. Uh, He made the completion against a third string safety. Cool. It it was a completion, but um, it is what it is, man. Uh, in regards to the offensive line, uh, they looked really phenomenal. And another guy who just continues to strive and who deep, deep, deep in my heart, I truly wish he was QB1, uh, Skylar Thompson. The Skylar Thompson show continues. He went 7 of 10, 103 yards, and three touchdowns, man. This kid is just blowing it up. Um, the 53-man roster was just determined. He made the team. Um, there was other GMs calling to inquire about Skylar Thompson, and uh, I'll quote Mike McDaniel here. He goes, "We are not in the in the business of making stupid decisions." And um, they kept him. Other teams wanted him, and it just goes to show that we possibly could have a diamond in the rough, boys. Um, I know Tuanon and the Dolphin fans. They probably aren't too excited to hear this. Jason, how does it make you feel since you're Tua's number one 
you're an advocate for Tua. How does it make you feel knowing that there's possibly someone breathing behind him that could steal his job at some point? What is your well, take on that? Let me let me be clear. I'm a Dolphin fan, and I and I root for the Dolphins. I think Tua is a talented quarterback who can lead this. What upsets me is when people say, oh, the guy sucks, let's just get rid of him. I'm like, no, the guy doesn't suck. When you've been a Dolphin fan so long and you see all of the crappy quarterbacks that we had since Marino's been gone, you appreciate talent. The guy's talented enough that he can lead this team to winning football games. Now, going on to Skylar Thompson, yeah, he's a talent. You have to keep a talent like that. I am happy with this because if something, God forbid, happens to Tua or, you know, like I always I've been saying it throughout this entire time, we need a safety net. So here goes. We got another safety net right there in Skylar Thompson. He's a talented football player. You don't get rid of talented football players. They are assets, whether they are on the field or on the roster and able to get you other pieces that are going to complement your roster. You don't get rid of talented football players. The guy during the preseason was going against people that, like you said earlier, against the safety that to, that was covering on that deep play that Tua made, that aren't going to be on the roster come football season. He needed to play the way he played as successful, making those plays, those throws, looking the way he did, pulling up those numbers against talent that is inferior. He needed to play that way. When a guy plays like that against inferior talent, you keep him on the roster, and that's what he is. And this is only a good thing because if you're a Tua fan, you know, you're a Dolphin fan. And if you're a Dolphin fan, it's a good thing to bring more talent onto the roster than to jettison talent off of the roster. So uh, it's a great thing. Yeah, and that's, uh, hold up. That's exactly why Tua's on this team still. Uh, he played against inferior competition in uh, last week's game, and that's why he looked so good. Uh, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. He played. Against no, he Dolphins. didn't. No, he didn't. You're just a hater, but it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. The fact you love facts. Yeah, yeah. On defense and to a and you talk about Skyler playing against inferior competition. Well, uh, Skyler is a seventh round pick. He's playing against the competition that he should be playing against, and he's destroying them. No, that's wrong. He's playing against competition. He's he's playing against the guys. When you're a talent, whether you drafted first round, look, Brady was a sixth round pick. You go out there, you do great. And you stay on the roster. That's what he did. When you're a good talent, you make talent that's not going to be on the roster look like that. And that's exactly what he did. So you keep the guy. You bring him on and you add talent to the roster. All I'm saying is, like, like Tua did what he did with Tyree Kill on the field and all and his offensive line. Imagine this. I, I wish for shits and giggles they would have put Skylar Thompson out there with Tyree Kill and with all these guys to see. The dude just looks like a quarterback, dude. He's 6'2", 210. He's a fucking machine. He looks like Travis Kelsey's like more handsome brother somehow, even though Travis Kelsey's damn near very handsome himself. But um, but uh, it's just like he has all the feels for it. And yes, as excited as we are not being part of the 209. And to disagree with your point, Jason, if you're a Tua fan, you're a Dolphin fan. That is not true because we are Dolphins fans and we are not Tua fans. Uh, so um, so I don't want Tua to, you know, happen. Well, I didn't say if you're enemy. a Dolphin fan, you're a Tua fan. I said if no, you're you a Tua you fan, you're a, you're a Dolphin, Dolphin fan. Exactly, which is completely wrong because we are not Tua fans and we are Dolphin fans. Um, but but either way, this kid has the goods. And clearly the fact that we pushed away a bunch of suitors, like dealer. Slime said, um, it, it shows that we're keeping them on the back burner, bro. It's going to be close. It's going to uh, be a close call. I love it. Uh, one thing you said, uh, sorry, th this is so good. I love that we all have different takes. I love me and Jason could have these arguments. Um, you said you've been around for so long and you've seen all the shitty quarterbacks and it makes you appreciate Tua. Um, no, watching Tua makes me just hate even more every everything that we've been through because I don't appreciate nothing he does. To me, he hasn't shown me anything. He hasn't shown me enough. And um, let's see, maybe Mike McDaniel can... Re release something out of him that we haven't seen but uh i don't appreciate Tua at all i hope one day i can appreciate him everybody compares him to drew Brees. this drew Brees that guys there's been one drew Brees in the history of the nfl one and i don't think that we have the second one you also said god forbid he gets injured oh may the lord allow it baby <laughs> that's not cool bro that's not cool I was trying to avoid that as much as I could. I was like, we'll see what happens. But don't worry. It's crazy because we you speak in them. these absolutes, and it's like, how I don't understand how you have the conviction and speak to, to such absolutes when you, 
It doesn't make sense to me. And it, clearly, he's a super polarizing player. You got half the pop people saying one thing and the other half so vehemently saying the other thing. But we have to wait. Got to wait it out. Let the season play itself out. I think at the end of the season, he's going to be the type of player that we're going to sign him and we're going to extend him and we're going to pick up that fifth-year rookie option. He's Daniel Jones to me. They're not going to give him an extension. After. Oof. God, no. Yeah. Sorry. Man, ac- uh, he's got good accuracy. Yeah. That's it, man. Uh, I guess we'll fucking see on Sunday. Slime, you got one last thing you want to say? A quarterback has good accuracy. That's it. Yeah, uh, he fucking throws the ball five yards. Yeah, you need to be accurate when you're throwing the ball. I could play 70% in the NFL. No, you cannot. If you could, you'd be there. You're here talking about those guys. Like me. You can do do it. You're fucking throwing it to the check down and the running back every single fucking play. I mean, it, it does nothing for me. But uh, we got one more week, and I guess we'll be able to see a lot when we face the New England Patriots week one, September 11th, Sunday, 1 o'clock, against your boy Belichick, who's known to have great defenses. So it's going to be a good first game for the Miami Dolphins and a good test. And uh, we, we have a comment. This is really good. It says, Tua may cheated to a 60-yard curl route. <laughs> <laughs> the comment section is lit today. That is fucking, <laughs> fucking that gold. Is, that's right actually gold. That's really good. <laughs> a 60 it's yard so true, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's continue to have a little bit of fun. All right, Slime. I'm going to give it to you for everybody's favorite fact of the day. All right, so this this fact of the day is actually probably concurrent with who's giving the most comments and Nick and Jay the most upset, uh, which is EJ. So shout out to EJ. Uh, every Fuck that guy. December, exactly. All right, so wait for it. Here's the fact of the day. Every December 25th, a town in Peru celebrates Takanakui, where locals settle grudges from the past year by calling each other out and having a fist fight. Then everybody goes drinking to numb the pain and move on to the new year. All right, so here we go. Takanukui, Quechua to hit each other, is an annual established practice of fighting fellow community members held on the 25th of December by inhabitants of Chumbiquilas province near Cusco in Peru. The practice started in Santo Tomas, the capital of Chumbiquilas. I don't know how I'm pronouncing these shits right. These names are way too Mayan for my Mayan self. And subsequently spread to other villages and cities, the prominent ones being Cusco and Lima. The festival consists of dancing and of individuals fighting each other to settle old conflicts. Locals claim to obtain several social benefits from the, from the tradition. Public brawling offers an alternate method to resolve conflict and create a peaceful society. So, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> just fight it out, get it over with, have a beer and, and hug it out, bitch. You know, that's just how, uh, how they do it over there in Peru. So maybe uh, after this season, if Tua wins the Super Bowl for the Dolphins, you guys could just fight it out and hug it out and Slime will wear a Tua jersey next season backwards. Uh, He's still going to suck. <laughs> so then he'll still suck. No, if that, if that happens, we're not going to fight it out. I'll just let him kick my ass, bro, because <laughs> that'd just be fucking great. That'll be amazing. Uh, I did, I'd serve an asshole, but if that's what ends up happening. But we all know there's a 99.9% sure that that's not going to happen. But I left a little room for him. <laughs> it's that 0.1%. That 0.1%. Fucking guy. Get Give me your crystal rate. ball, please. <laughs> Can I get the crystal ball? I need the lot of numbers. Oh, man. All right, well, so we talked him about we talked about him a little bit in the show how Tom Brady was ranked the uh, number one player amongst all his peers in the NFL. We're gonna come back to him a little bit right now. And, Why? Uh, I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think this is very interesting. So he took an 11 day absence. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the the video of when he finally did come back and speak to the media. Holy, it was amazing. Amazing. This guy looks destroyed. He looks defeated. He had a five o'clock shadow. He looks skinny, almost as if he's going through some kind of depression. Um, He finally comes back and then he says, guys, I'm 45 years old. A lot of shit is going on. Um, What do you guys think? As great as Tom Brady is, do you think whatever he's going through that he can recover from it? And will he be the same Tom Brady? Jason, you look like you really want this one, so I'm going to give it to you. Yo, Giselle, what's up, baby girl? 
<laughs> the only thing that can make a man that miserably rough looking is a woman, bro. The moment he said that, I looked at it was so funny because it, it I was watching Sports Center and it comes up on the screen and I see that and I just immediately turn my head to my wife and I'm like, uh oh, I think Tom Brady's going through a divorce. <laughs> so Giselle, if you watching, I'm a good guy, man. <laughs> Liz, if you watch it, uh, baby, it's just for show. I'm trying to get the ratings. Relax. <laughs> You're making me feel very uncomfortable, <laughs> right? For real, <laughs> we're tiptoeing some lines here. Uh, but no, um, but to 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 piggyback on that, uh, there's like 30 rumors swirling about what's been going on with Tom Brady. Apparently, he's on the Mass Singer, and that was the reason why that he's been doing this thing. Uh, that why he was like unexpectedly absent um contrary to what you said i think he looked damn good bro i think he looked it, with the beard his hairline his hair is darker i don't know how the hell pepper. the dudes uh, do boys using that just for men somehow in there to make making it up the beard actually looks he looks more handsome in my personal opinion um but and his, his wife is the main bread maker in his house he's the even though this guy has made hundreds of millions of dollars he's still second tier to his wife who's a superstar model in his home and she's been asking him to retire since like 2010 so, so, so now he's in he's in 2023 coming in the season 2023 coming in the season like of course she's probably been bitching him out all damn offseason saying you know what since you want to go back we're cutting out two weeks of training camp and you're taking us to the south of france or you're gonna take us here you're gonna spend some more time with your family because this is bullshit. there's no reason why 45 year olds should still be playing in the nfl um so Half agree with Jason, just don't agree on the premises he was coming from. But uh, but yeah, he's definitely. I don't. I don't think it's a household thing. I think it's one of those other rumors swirling that he's probably doing some projects on the side that just required some more of his attention, and he needed it. And to be honest, he knows the playbook. He's the leader of the offense. What the fuck you need him in those early days of practice for? He doesn't need to be there. Um, and he doesn't need. And clearly, he's gotten to the point of goat status where he doesn't even have to give you an excuse when they ask him, "Hey, what's all this shit going?" I was like, man, mind your fucking business. Mind I'm your fucking business. <laughs> Like, no other quarterback can do that in the NFL except Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Like, you look at all the shit that Aaron Rodgers got just for trying mushrooms five years ago. And, like, you tell that shit to Tom Brady, whatever the shit that his doctor Alex has been giving him to keeping him, you know, from being a decrepit vampire. Like, you know, nobody cares about that. But he gets away with it all because he is the GOAT. So, it is what it is. Yeah. So, the question, uh, simple yes or no. We'll go to Jason first. Can Tom Brady recover from whatever it is he's dealing with? Yes, of course. He's Tom Brady. Yes what about no. you, Slime? What do you think? Yes or no? Uh, he's Tom Brady, man. He's not going to fail. I think he's going to come back. He came in the game. He went uh, 6 of 8 for 44 yards, even connected with Julio Jones. I don't think he skips a beat. Let's not only forget, he's got... You. Let's not only forget that he's got our father, the pastor, vehemently praying for him every single freaking day. So he'll be fine. Who's praying for him? <laughs> our dad. dad. <laughs> But not only that, but I was just I was just hoping to trap you there for you to say that he might not be 100%. So I could be like, you see, he's not number one in the fucking top ranked NFL, you bitch. Uh, but but you but luckily you know you bounced back there and and you did your thing. Yeah, I wasn't gonna fall for that one. But all right, <laughs> moving on, slime. I'm gonna give you a second to get a clip ready for us. Uh, to the audience that's listening, we're gonna speak a little bit of John Gruden. Uh, he finally showed face after he resigned the last year over some emails spanning over seven years. Uh, the emails consist of racism, um, him being homophobic, misogynistic, and uh, they span from 2011 to 2018. And uh, this is his first coming out since um, he did resign. And uh, Slime, can you play that audio for the audience? Yep. What he had to say when asked about the fallout. I'm not going to... Uh... Uh, say anything but honest things here. I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just, it's, it's shameful. But uh, I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. I've got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes, but I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness, and hopefully I get another shot. All right, I'm gonna take a stab at this first, man. Um, if you want a second chance and you want forgiveness, I don't think the way going about that is telling people, Hey, I fucked up, but so have you. 
forgive me. Um, I think when when I was hearing that, when I heard that, but I was like, oh shit, what the fuck is this guy gonna say? Um, slime, I'll let you tackle this one first. I feel like this is just like when there are racist ass people out there, and you're just like, hey, you're racist. No, I'm not. I have black friends. Like this guy is like straight up said, you know, I go to church. I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like he, he's trying to pivot so hard. Like and. The fact of the matter is, for those who don't know, when you watch the interview, the dude has, like, the most giddy smile on his face. He just looks like he's full of shit. Like, he's just like, you could just, he's just like, yeah, I might have, you know, said a bunch of homophobic things. I might have been misogynistic. I might have been racist. But, you know, everybody does it. No big deal. I go to church. You know, so, you know, we're not all perfect, right, guys? And he's just, like, grinning, shit-eating grin on his face. Like, no real apologetic nature in it at all. No serious, like, guys. Um, you know, I made mistakes. I, you know, I apologize to my fans, to my, you know, everyone. It was just all giggles and like, you know how it is. It just happens, you know, no big deal. You know, so it's just, it's just unreal to think that this guy truly, and he, and the crazy part is he might get another shot. He really might give it a few more years. He really might get it. But it's just absurd that this dude just came in there and just straight up was just like, I'm cool, man. You know, everybody does it. Just try to give me another chance. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I thought it was. I, I'll save my take. Uh, Jason, I'll let you take a stab at this one. Go for it. Yeah, I, I don't think going to church constitutes you being a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure how that works. Um, I, I'm not sure, but I know that's not how it works. Um, I almost kind of feel bad for the guy, but I don't, you know, because he's just like he comes off, like you said, like a real sleazeball. He's just, you know, typical. Yeah, I did it. So what? You do worse. I just got caught. Forgive me. Let me back into the club, you know? <laughs> so, 100%. I, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I changed my mind. I don't feel bad for him at all. <laughs> Dude just comes off like a real slight sleaze ball and i mean you know he, he's getting what he deserves so fucking whatever it's all yeah good. uh i think this is really funny so i'm gonna throw that in there we got uh the comment sections have been hot today it said a uh, good old church excuse i'm sold give chuckle another shot and then they corrected themselves and they said chucky but i think i prefer it calling him chuckles <laughs> i like chuckles better for sure yeah, but uh, that works. Chuckles it was it was just incredible, and it's uh, you know, this is America. You know, everybody gets a second chance, but um, when it comes to like racism, and we're in the NFL, like I'm pretty sure this statistic isn't a hundred percent right, but it's probably pretty damn close. Like ninety percent of the players are probably black, so to be a head coach in the NFL again after those remarks. Dude, who in a locker room is going to respect this guy? Who's going to give him another chance? Uh, then he was misogynistic when it came to the women referees. Um, uh, what was the guy? Sam from the Rams? Doesn't he have a a, um, a gay athlete on his team? I, I think he was... Carl Nassib. Yep. There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah, so... So, sure there's so a to piggyback lot... Slime, uh, there are actually 70%, of, roughly 70% of the league is black. And not even that, but from his homophobic slurs, you have, a sh whether it be 1% or what, but there is a percentage of gay players out or not in the NFL as well. And a lot of the stuff that he was saying was super homophobic. And we're in an era where that shit just does not fly anymore. It just nah. doesn't. <laughs> it's not. And like I said, uh, everybody gets second chances. Um, and he, he will get a second chance in terms of, like, redeeming himself as a human being, I guess. You know, people will forgive him for the things that he's done. But uh, when he says he wants a second chance, he's talking about a second chance at coaching. Uh, do you guys think there's any chance this man ever had coaches for an NFL team or even an NCAA Division One football team? Jason? Absolutely not. I mean, I, I, if I were a head coach at Clemson, Alabama – I would love for this guy to get a job because that'll be the easiest recruitment I'd ever have to do. I go inside mom and dad's living room and I'm like, you don't want that. You don't want your son around that type of person. So, no, absolutely not. I can't see him being a head coach in college football um, in the NFL. I don't know. Like you said, 70% of the athletes are are, are uh, uh, um, African-American. So it, it would be tough, you know, bringing that into a locker room. And like you said, there's so many players uh, who have not come out that are still in those locker rooms. They're a certain way about it, too. Yeah, 100%. Uh, one, one thing that you said, which is just 
I think is phenomenal. And when it comes to him getting a job as an NCAA coach, um, you have to recruit. Can you imagine this guy sitting in the home of an African-American family trying to recruit a player with all the facts that are out? It's in writing. It's there. He said it. You can't deny it. And like you said, imagine like Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney being a competitor to try and get that player. Look at what this guy said about uh, African-American people. Or what if the kid's uh, homosexual? Look at what he said about uh, homosexual athletes like Dude, you got no chance. You want a second chance, you'll get it in terms of forgiveness and people will accept you into society. You know, everybody deserves a second chance when it comes to that, unless you just know something just extremely crazy. But uh, back into the club, I don't think so. Yeah, no, there's no chance he gets back into the club. That's my opinion. That's Jay's opinion. Slime, give us your thoughts. You're both wrong. You're both <laughs> wrong here. You're both wrong here. You know why? Because we're on the street is Bishop Sycamore is looking for a new head coach out there. So he might get that job and then he'll run the show out there for sure. But uh, no, nah, all jokes aside, <laughs> all jokes aside, I, I do think there is going to be a comeback. Uh, it might be in the college sector because, dude, he was at an event with at least a couple hundred people and he received gracious applause towards the end of his speech. I'll replay the video again if you want. There was a standing ovation that went to John Gruden after he gave that half-ass apology. So there are people out there who are willing to give him that second chance. Um, we saw it with Art Bryles after the whole sex scandal that he had, and he got dismissed. He went to the high school for a while, and then um, what's the dude from Cleveland, Hugh Jackson, tried hiring him on his staff, wherever the hell he was, and it was a huge uproar, and he had to fire him like a week later. Uh, so so I, I don't I, – I foresee it being kind of one of those trails where he's going to have to have somebody try to bring him in as a coordinator – but I think the pride for John Gruden, where he's excelled in his career, wouldn't let him even do that. I think it's head coach or bust, and that's why he will not get a second chance because he's going to want to be the top dog somewhere. And unless he's coaching local high school, I don't foresee him taking on a program in the SEC or the Big Ten or you know anything like that. So agreed. Unless it's Bishop Sycamore or elsewhere, somewhere lower level, I don't I don't foresee him getting back on the field. One thing to piggyback on what you said, uh, how he was getting the ovations and wherever he was at. Um, I will say this. There is a place in America for people like him. And uh, wherever these states are, we all know that uh, they'll probably fucking embrace this guy. But um, when it comes to sports, man, like especially football, 70% of these athletes are African-American. They'll, they'll accept him somewhere. But you're going to have a team full of a bunch of different other ethnicities. And you're not going to have no black dudes playing for you. <laughs> you're not going to win. So, But I agree. There's a, there's a place for him somewhere. Um, it's just going to be really fucking tough. But there all right, we're pockets of, of America. There are pockets of America, Mississippi, Absolutely. that he'll be accepted. So, Absolutely. All right, guys, moving <laughs> on. I don't know what was <laughs> I'm not even going to ask for it to be repeated. But uh, the New York Knicks, ladies and gentlemen, um, RJ Barrett uh, has agreed to a four year, $120 million deal. Um, he is the first New York Knick to get a, a $100 million deal, I believe, as a rookie extension. The youngest, the youngest to ever get a $100 million deal from the New York Knicks. Uh, in my opinion, this is good news for R.J. Barrett. Purely coincidence that I'm yawning during the Knicks segment, by the way. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> this my, my take, I believe this is good, really good news for R.J. Barrett. He gets his bad. But I think it's bad news for the New York Knicks. And I think this makes a complex situation in order for them to try and attain the big fish that they wanted in Donovan Mitchell. The New York Knicks gave Utah a deadline of Monday. It is now Wednesday. The trade hasn't gone through. Donovan is still in Utah. RJ is still in New York. Um, what is your take on this, boys? Do you think the deal gets done eventually? Slide. I personally think it does. Um, you know, Maybe not before the season starts because it's just it became kind of like the KD situation. I'm sure Utah was asking for something absurd, even though they just got something absurd for Rudy Gobert. And the Knicks had a decision to make: Are they going to keep flirting with this and risk starting the season, not giving him that extension and letting him become an unrestricted free agent, or locking him down? He's obviously a great talent. You know, he's not a superstar in the league, but he's a solid player that you can pair up with Jalen Brunson, who you just spent a buttload of money on as well. Um, and they just had to just tie the same with the. I, I mean, it's a much smaller scale, but same with the Heat with Udonis Haslam, how they were waiting on Kevin Durant before they signed that contract. It was just like, you can't just keep teams on the hook this long. And they stayed true to their deadline and, you know, props to them. At the end of the day, the trade is still viable. It makes it a little bit more complex, but at least you have the security of locking down RJ Barrett for the next four years, which is 
clearly, you know, one of the better talents that they've had in quite some time. Yeah, I agree. Um, it makes it harder. It doesn't make it impossible, but it does make it harder. And if the trade were to go down, where do you think this puts the Knicks in the in the in the Eastern Conference? Let's say you pair Jalen Brunson with Donovan Mitchell and the rest of the pieces that that team has. Uh, give an honest opinion. Does that make them contenders in the East? I I still think they're at the bottom looking up. I don't think they're that far down looking up, but I still think they're at the bottom looking up. It, it probably jumps them up a couple slots, but it, it's not going to bring them to the you know the level where you're seeing Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Miami, the, those types of teams in the East and the moves that they're making. Honestly, I just feel like Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell play a pretty similar game. So like I just I don't I don't get how that would you obviously it's the big name the big talent John Mitchell is clearly like a big star in the NBA but like I just don't see how he fits in that offense with with Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett and I don't know who else they have because I really just don't get shit but I just don't I just I don't I don't see that being successful um with that that matchup they're gonna have to do some kind of roster overhaul you know granted whoever they get from Utah or pick up you know I just don't I just I got to really fix my stand there. Uh, I just don't, I just don't understand it. I just don't get the hype. I mean, granted, I just, they needed to get the big fish and they knew they had Brunson on the lock. So they got one, but I think that kind of fucked up your chances with Mitchell considering their games are so similar. Um, I don't know personally, but maybe I'm wrong. I clearly don't watch enough Knicks basketball or Mavs basketball to tell you, you know, if they are truly identical players. Exactly. Um, but, uh, I just don't, I don't see the fit. So I, I personally think they shouldn't even bother unless they're, but you know, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We're definitely going to follow this and monitor as it goes on the comment section. Uh, first extension given to a first rounder since Charlie roared. And just a reminder that has been 23 years, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and that just goes to show you that the New York Knicks have not been a franchise that can draft players so shout out to them for finally getting somebody in 23 23 years that they can give an extension to and uh we'll monitor we'll monitor this and we'll see how it goes uh we're we have no choice but to be intrigued because uh they will be a competitor of the miami heat depending on which way this goes uh moving forward speaking of miami uh lamar jackson um he's just on twitter liking a bunch of tweets from Miami Dolphin fans. Um, he denied being offered $200 million guaranteed for the Baltimore Ravens, and his contract talks will halt the the day the season finally begins. Um, Jason, you've actually been saying this for a while. I got to give you credit on this. Um, you've been speaking about Lamar Jackson and connecting dots with him coming to the Miami Dolphins for a while. Um, now that he's out there on social media liking these tweets and him and a Dolphin uniform and shit like that um it looks good (laughs) and tell me how happy you are to replace Tua with Lamar Jackson (laughs) so to be honest with you now that this is kind of like not so much becoming real but that he's acknowledging it so to say I feel like he's trolling I feel like he's trolling not only the Miami local Dolphin fans, but he's also trolling the Baltimore organization and the executive team that's coming together and negotiating the contract. Um, I believe this is a negotiation tactic, uh, but man, if it's not, wow, that would be something special. That's that safety net because like I've been saying, I do believe that Tua is going to work out, but if Tua does not work out, Lamar Jackson in that Miami orange and green, that teal and green. That shit looks nice. It looks pretty. And I could see that happening. He's a Miami guy. He's a local guy. So let's see. You know, personally, I think he's trolling, but that would be something else. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a beautiful troll. And that's a way to get the GM, the owners to be like, holy shit. Like, let's fucking pay this dude. Let's get him his money because this shit is just getting way out of hand. Uh, Slime, what's your take on that? So my thing is, can the Dolphins really be that lucky twice, right? One of the, one of the big things that Mike McDaniel like said when they talked about him um, getting Tyreek Hill, it's like he's the one of the few players in the NFL non-QB that just seemed unobtainable. Lamar Jackson is also one of those players. Like, um, so that's why when we found out that he was available, you send everything you fucking can to get him. And clearly it's showing that, that that's you know proven that it's going to work out 
Um, well, hopefully, you know, we don't know yet for sure, but shit, it looks damn good. And Lamar Jackson's kind of that same dream scenario. Who in a hundred years would have thought after the dude won MVP not too long ago that there could be a fallout in Baltimore and him switching teams and being available. You can, you know, obviously we've already got caught tampering once, but you can already start those whispers in his ear and say, yo, you know what I'm saying? I could give you some money over here. Lamar Jackson's a Miami kid. He can come back home to be with his family. And uh, shit, damn, I'm excited, especially with this offensive mind of McDaniel. Imagine if you can just have another running back at QB that can throw the ball 55 yards in the air as well. Like, imagine what you can scheme up in that in that affair with the players we already have. Like, to say we're, I'm not, you know, cautiously optimistic and excited as fuck is an understatement. But, you know, it's it's definitely like Jason said, it's not out there, but it's a possibility. And it's and it could be really damn cool, even if Tua, you know, is a top 15 QB in the NFL, I think you still have to always, yeah, he fled out or use him as fucking trade, baby. Like, hey, at least you, this guy played pretty good. Why don't we, you know, do a little signing trade? And and that money could even itself out a little bit, you know? Who knows? Um, but damn, yeah, that'd be pretty fucking cool. Man. I'd be pretty excited Lamar Jackson came in. And, and the, <laughs> the real quick, the thing with that is that you have to remember that Baltimore, they, they hold all the leverage here because even if come next year, they right. still franchise him for the next two years. I mean, Kirk Cousins is probably the richest player in the NFL because he got franchised those two years. And then he got that guaranteed $86, $90 million contract with Minnesota. So they still control that in regards to Lamar Jackson's future. That being said, we have capital. We can make a trade you know so and if like you said Tua becomes a top 15 quarterback in this year you have Tua you have draft capital go ahead and make the move if he wants out absolutely because even if he's a good quarterback like that you always trade up always the the deal is when it comes to a talent you always go up so if you're going to stand pat then the talent has to be equal level and guys i'm a Tua fan but i'm not stupid of course lamar jackson <laughs> a, a former mvp that that's the trade up you got to make so absolutely it's a great situation as a dolphin fan to keep watch of yeah i think uh whenever you put Tua in some type of trade negotiations uh whoever the player is that you're receiving it's always going to be a trade oh, up please but uh <laughs> all right guys if you think <laughs> this um, show, uh, thank you so much. We're gonna give you what you It is now time. We'll give it to Slime for the he did what. He did what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So social media has been buzzing on this story this week, and the title goes: Florida man arrested for calling sex worker on his honeymoon. Ooh, what happened here? A Florida man was arrested on his honeymoon after he answered an ad for a prostitute, according to a local report. Paul Tarowski, 34 years old, left his new bride sleeping in their hotel room in Tampa and went out to meet a prostitute he had connected with online, authorities said. When the self-employed businessman arrived at the Hyatt Hotel, he was placed in handcuffs, caught up in a sting operation by local police to crack down on sex trafficking. So this man, recently married, Decided to have his honeymoon in Tampa. Who the fuck does that? That's strike one. Uh, so <laughs> strike two, he decides to, you know, let me just chat with some prostitutes on his phone, wait for my wife to go to sleep. Then his wife goes to sleep. Then you just sneak out of the room. Then get arrested while doing it. So it's not like you can even play it off and come home the next day or get a, a DM in the mail in the on Facebook saying your husband cheated on you. Nah, this man went to jail. So he really got <laughs> caught, like caught red-handed. Uh, in both situations, and wow, you can't make this shit up, bro. He did what? He called the prostitute and got arrested while doing it on his honeymoon. If that ain't karma, I don't know what the fuck is. That is definitely karma. Jay, you're about to karma. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a good thing for the wife, I guess, that she saw that that moment at that, or she got to deal with that, that instead of going through a period of marriage with this creep <laughs> lying in her bed, bringing what knows type of infestations in there. So. Monkeypox. <laughs> That's but yeah, pretty- man, at least they can annul. It's still pretty early. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, that's the silver right. lining for her, I guess. Yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's this week's He Did What. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I just want to say thank you to all the live viewers. Thank you for the comments. Um, You guys are so appreciated, and you make our show that much more entertaining. Uh, By far, so. highlight of the show was the 60-yard curl route. Uh, we kept yeah, it. that was a good one. Just fucking, <laughs> fucking phenomenal. Shout out to Carlos, Vicky, um, EJ. Man, you guys had it, had it just 
jumping, jumping, jumping. Uh, we also got some breaking news. I hope this isn't a lie. Jalen Rieger to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it's break. It's it's. Uh, you can confirm it. Yes. Oh, so uh, there you go. Breaking news. We got our own little Adam Schefter in the comments, ladies. <laughs> But um yeah man just thank you guys so much today was an awesome episode uh slime Jason great job today man uh thank you so much to everybody that's out there that's uh watching us on YouTube uh Spotify man our numbers are going up uh please keep giving us those organic shares and hitting that like button posting us on your Instagram or Twitter whatever it is uh we just truly truly appreciate it and we know you guys are going to take us to the top uh Jason final words yeah, no, uh, just thank you guys, uh, all the fans out there listening. Uh, Carlos Rodriguez, shout out to you, Lieutenant in the Jason Army. Love it. Let's keep going. Keep pumping it. <laughs> uh, fuck EJ, by the way. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to get this going next week. Love you guys. Slide, plug us in, do as you do, and give any final words, baby. Yeah, so college football's back this week, guys. Thursday, we kick off. UCF plays against South Carolina State. The U plays on Saturday. Should be some fun ass football we're, we're back guys we're finally fucking back so uh for those college fans out there please reach out to us let us know who your favorite teams are so we can at least go over some box score reviews and hopefully catch the games to give you some more in-depth analysis on those as well but yes college football's back football's back next week and uh as slime said just you know rate subscribe review resubscribe unsubscribe resubscribe just remember to resubscribe you know when you're doing the back and forth and please like our videos like our posts and also Keep commenting. We've been having some great feedback. Our Instagram has been popping lately. Some fun videos there for everyone to catch up on. So please get out there and check us out on Instagram, Circle of Slime Pod, Twitter, Circle of Slime. Uh, we're on TikTok, which we're probably going to record some stuff for the TikTok this weekend. So it should be pretty fun. Um, anywhere Thanks you can find us, we are there. So, uh, hey, Good shout luck. out to Carlos. Uh, UCF class 2015 right <laughs> here, dog. We're there. Um, but, uh, yeah. Let's get ready for this football season where dark days of summer are officially over and we're back. And then we got two more months and then the NBA season's back. And we just, it's going to be a beautiful fucking time in sports. And this is just what makes this podcast even more fun. So shout out to you guys for all support. Thank you as always. As always, you know, we're a circle trying to get bigger. So let's keep expanding that bad boy. And uh, thank you for all the love. You boys know the motto. You ladies and gentlemen, you guys know how it goes. Wherever you're at, wherever you are, if you made us, the Circle of Slime, a part of your day, we thank you, we appreciate you, and we love you guys. It's me, your boy Skinny, Jazzy J, and the one and only, Ozzy fucking Fresh. Peace out, everybody. Skip.